excuses. If not, we'll turn to First Chronicles chapter number 4 tonight as we continue in our series of messages on prayer. And uh, if you'll pray real hard, I'll preach real fast. And maybe we'll get to go home at a decent hour before the Waffle House and Walmart closes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for being here. Let me say I love the Lord tonight. I'm thankful for a Bible study. I'm thankful for the time that we can come together as God's people uh, just to study God's Word. A lot of times we get wound up preaching on Wednesday nights, but a lot of times we're here and we're, we, we try to dive deeper into the Word of God and trying to uh, expound more to where it will help you, the saint of God, uh, in a special way. And to get you through the week, I believe Wednesday night is a good filling station place to stop in. Amen. And to where we can uh, come together and, and read about the Lord and His precious Word. But as you know, this will be the third uh, service, I do believe, on, on prayer. And that the Lord has placed upon our heart. We're going to look at a specific prayer tonight in First Chronicles chapter 4, along about verse 9 and 10. The prayer of Jabez. Now, this is a very good prayer. This is something that we can take into our lives and expound upon it and uh, follow as a type of prayer uh, that you and I should have to, should be able to uh, look at doing from time to time. I've preached from this particular scripture before. Uh, I've preached from it probably several times, but maybe not on the lines that you're used to hearing tonight. But First Chronicles chapter number 4 and verse number 9, let's stand once again for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message if you are able tonight. Verse number 9 of 1 Chronicles chapter 4 says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. And enlarge my coast, that thine hand might be with me. That thou wouldest keep me from evil, and it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your people. Dear God, that have gathered here in your house tonight. Father, it is a privilege once again to come to you in prayer, breaking open the precious word. The bread of life. God, I help, pray that you would help me, dear God, to deliver the message to the people and to be a help to somebody tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, we do humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated tonight. Jabez was a descendant of Judah. And there's three things, by the way of the introduction, that I want to note here tonight. Uh, that are said about this man named Jabez. I want to first of all look at his preeminence, and this won't take long to go through the introduction, but the Bible says he was more honorable than his brethren. 
Now this speaks of his character. You see, God's honor has more to do with character than anything else. I want you to really search your heart tonight and really look at your character and see what type of character that you are upholding. I believe we ought to have a godly character. I believe we ought to be followers of Christ in our character. Not just when we come to the house of God, but us 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, we ought to have a, a righteous, godly, and holy character about our lives. Now there's many a times we'll do things uh, and sometimes we'll scratch our own head and say, why in the world did I do that? Or we'll look and say, why did they do that? Because that's completely out of character uh, for them. Well, unfortunately, the enemy, Satan himself, will try to encourage you uh, uh, to get out of your godly character. Why? Because that way he has something to throw up against you. That way he has something to come against you with. And he'll begin to play in your mind and say, hey, you're not as much of a Christian as you think you are. Hey, listen, we're called Christians. Uh, We're not called perfect tonight. We're not going to be perfect. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. But thanks be unto Him, we've got an advocate in Jesus Christ to where we can gain forgiveness with the Father tonight. But as we look at this uh, character of Jabez. The Bible here says that he was of course, we know that he was a descendant of Judah, but he is honorable more honorable than his brethren. That speaks highly of him. That speaks highly of his character and I want you to understand that character means a lot and character goes a long way. Because many people are looking at you and waiting for you to fall. Many people are watching you to make because you're the one that goes in to work on Monday morning. You're excited about the services that you were in on Sunday. You go in on Monday morning, and then everybody's looking at you, and you're and you're 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 on a spiritual high. You're coming through the workplace singing "Amazing Grace." You're sitting down at lunchtime. You're praying over your food. You're reading your Bible, but then something happens Tuesday, and you're completely out of character. And it is that one that is lost lost out in this world that brings it up to you and says, hey, what happened to your prayer life? What happened to your Bible reading? All of a sudden you've had something happen to you and you might have been just a hit with something that you was totally unexpecting and it took you out of your character some. Remember, you are a witness for Jesus Christ. Try to uphold the greatest character and the utmost character that you can when you're walking in this life. But Jabez was more Honorable than his brother, speaking of his great character. But secondly, I see pain here because he was bared in a time of sorrow, or his mother bore him with sorrow. In other words, it wasn't an easy delivery, is what I'm believing here. Jabez got his name because of the sorrow that was involved in his birth. And blessings are often clothed in burdens. Blessings often follow uh, uh, deep times of sorrow. And I know within our own life uh, it's just like a, a roller coaster ride it seems like. It seems like that you're on the mountaintop for a little while and then all of a sudden you're down in a dark valley. And then you're back up on top of the mountain. And then you're back down in the valley. And life is a roller coaster 
ride. But I'd rather have Jesus on that ride than have anything that this world would have to offer tonight. Amen. I believe tonight, if you'll just think about it, and God showed me this, and I've shared it with you before. It's been several months ago when I was going through some deep, dark valleys in my life and had very many concerns in my life. And it's been a while, but God showed me something, and I believe it'll help somebody tonight. For every valley that you're in, there's two mountains. Two mountains. In other words, there'll be twice as many blessings, twice as many mountaintops as there is valleys. Now, often, many a times, blessings will follow those things that burden you down. And Jabez was born in a sorrow, but blessings came from Jabez, and he was clothed in burdens. But then we're going to take a close look at his prayer. Jabez was a praying man. A significant prayer is recorded here in First Chronicles four and nine. Here is which God and which God did answer. The Bible says, but Jabez prayed for the power of God. He says. Lord, enlarge my coast. And what Jabez was saying is, Lord, I can be I can be content with what you've already given me. But God, throw on me more and enlarge my coast. Help me to reach more people for the cause of God. Help me to reach out and be a help to somebody. He said, enlarge our coast. I believe that'd be a good prayer for every pastor. I believe it'd be a good prayer for every evangelist and preacher and Sunday school teacher. Lord, enlarge our coast to where not to where we can say we've got this amount of, you know, this number of people are coming to the house of God but because we can say we're making a difference in the life of an individual whether it be through Sunday school or the youth program or Wednesday night or during the preaching on Sundays. God enlarge my coast enlarge my borders and Jabez in the same breath is praying for the power of God Because if you're asking the Lord to enlarge your borders, if you're asking Him to enlarge your coast tonight, uh, I promise you this, uh, you'll need more power from God above uh, to get completed uh, what needs to be done. Uh, I can tell you without uh, apology today, a lot of times many churches move forward for the cause of Christ. And and I know this may not sound uh, politically correct, uh, but sometimes uh, you can outgrow yourself. Uh, And what I meaning is this. I've seen it happen in a pastorate that I was involved in many years ago. You can grow so fast that you can't groom people quick enough to take care of the people that's coming in. In other words, you don't have enough Sunday school teachers to take care of the load. You don't have enough nursery workers to take care of the kids. You don't have enough children's church workers to take care of the children. But so when you pray that God enlarges our coast, pray that the Lord will give us power And pray that the Lord will give us wisdom to have workers in place to where we can get completed what God has sent us out on in this mission. The presence of God is what he also prayed for. He said, Lord, be with me. The presence of God. Listen, I need the presence of God. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel 
saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and thy hand might be with me. Folks, anything that I do for the Lord, it is a prayer of mine that God have His hand on it. Amen. I don't want to do anything if God don't have His hand on it because it's not going to succeed. I know me and I can't make it to succeed on my own. But I do know one in heaven that will make it succeed and one that can help us in our time of need. He is asking for power from God. He's asking for the presence of God when He asks Him to be with me. And He's asking for the purity of God. Oh boy, we all need to pray that prayer. Keep me from evil, God, because I'm telling you there's evil on every hand. You can't turn on the television set today unless you see a man kissing a man or a woman kissing a woman. You can't turn on the television set today to hear unless you hear a whole bunch of nasty language that you thought never would have been on national TV and yet it's there already. Now I'm not one that sits up here and preaches opposing the television set but I believe them preachers of old might have been on to something when they said stay away from the TV. Amen. Uh, listen, if it wasn't for Fox News and a ball game here in Yonder, I don't even know why there'd be any reason to have a television. Amen. But I'm, I'm just here being honest with you. Don't have time to watch it. We'll catch the news in the morning. Catch the news in the evening. Catch a ball game every once in a while. And I hadn't done that in three or four years. But I'm here to tell you, we need to protect ourselves uh, uh, from the filth of this world. Uh, and keep us, Lord, uh, uh, from all evil uh, that will be coming against us. Uh, I thought about it today. My daughter, bless her heart, was inducted into the Beta Club uh, there at the uh, ninth grade campus uh, today around, uh, well, they said be there at 1.30. You know, they started at 2, right? Uh, so they were running behind on schedule, but she, you know, that was that's an honorable thing when you got good grades and they recognize it and they put you into that uh, honor club or whatever it is. And and and, and I was proud of her. And, I, and she had on her, her pretty nice modest dress as she went in. Uh, but boy, I'm telling you what, some of those people that walked up those steps, uh, uh, they had to pull their dresses down uh, uh, before they got on stage because uh, they was getting ready to shine the whole world, if you know what I mean. But I'm here to tell you, and then we want to fuss and we want to argue about some child that gets themselves in a mess that they can't get themselves out of. So pray that God would not only keep us from evil, but will keep our children from evil and will make us all modest in our appearance before God where people can look at you and say, that's a godly kid or that's a godly man or that's a godly woman and not look at something that says... Hey, they look like they belong down on the street corner somewhere. Amen. I'm here to tell you, we ought to be praying this type of prayer. Jabez, of course, again, was an honorable man. He was a son loved of his mother. And he was a man of prayer. He prayed intelligently because he called on the God of Israel. He prayed earnestly when he says, Oh, that thou wouldest. In other words, he 
he's pouring his heart out to God and saying, Lord, would you please help me? He prayed definitely with a positive attitude saying, God, please, if you would have blessed me. Hey, folks, I'm here to tell you, God's storehouse is full of blessings tonight and we just need to cash in on them every once in a while and he's wanting to give them to you. He's just waiting on us to ask for it. Amen. We need to pray. And then he prayed affectionately as God granted his request according to the latter part of verse number 10. But I want us to notice by the meat of the message tonight four great petitions in this prayer. I don't want to be too redundant to you. We've already covered some things there in the introduction. But it was a prayer for blessing. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. This is what caught my attention about Jabez. A lot of times we come to the church house, Brother Chad, and we come and we're, we're taking prayer requests and we're going to pray for everybody's problems and everybody's sickness and everybody that's going through this, that, and the other. But we fail to pray for ourselves. Many a times when we go to the Lord in prayer, we're remembering the prayer request from church. We're remembering that one that's going uh, through surgery tomorrow. We remember that one that's uh, having a difficult time in their marriage. We're remembering that one uh, that's having difficulties in their life and going through the fire. But we often forget to pray for ourselves. Uh, But Jabez uh, uh, steps up as an honorable man here and prays for himself. That tells me it's not a selfish thing to pray for yourself. Because he was an honorable man, the Bible says. He's going to pray for himself. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. This is a request of spiritual power. It's a request of spiritual victory. It's a request of unusual power indeed. And I believe we need to pray that the Lord will bless us. And I don't believe that's a bad thing or it wouldn't be in the Word of God and it wouldn't be coming from an honorable man if he prayed the prayer, Lord, bless me. Now, I'll be honest with you. I do not believe that God's going to bless you too good. If you live like hell itself, why should He? Amen? But we need to understand today that God is a God that is a blessing God. And he's got a storehouse of blessings that's awaiting for you and I. And what we have to do is just call upon him, whether it be in our prayer closet as we've already discussed, or whether it be as corporate prayers we gather together and pray. However it may be in your life when you bow your head to pray, why don't you ever once in a while say, God, bless me, Lord, if you would. Bless me and bless me indeed. And I'm here to tell you, if your life in order according to the word of God I believe God will pour upon you blessings that you can't explain I believe he'll pour on you listen the windows of heaven will open up on your life and bless you and bless you indeed he was an honorable man he was praying for blessing but he was praying for enlargement he said enlarge my coats this speaks of dissatisfaction In his present attainments. This speaks of adding responsibility to his ministry. And this speaks of battles that are unfought. That need to be won. Lord enlarge 
my coast. I've got a funny story that was brought back to my attention by Brother Clay Cordell the night we were over at the Peace Church joining in with them. Uh, we had a revival meeting at the St. John Church. That would have been nearly 17 years ago. And uh, I told you uh, last week, I believe it was, about the man that came to church with his umbrella because uh, we were praying for rain. And by the time he was going home, it was raining. And the sun was shining beforehand. Well, the same place, with same around the same set of time, same time frame, if you will, it was so dry. The man across the road's pond that's never gone dry through some of the greatest droughts had never gone dry. It was it, it was uh, being fed by a spring, and and uh, I mean, it was always had fresh, cool water in that pond. And I I was always told you can go over there and fish all you want to, preacher. Just throw them back in there. I said, hey, praise the Lord. And then sometimes the man say, get you a mess if you want to. And then you know he's trying to control his population. It was his pond. I loved to fish. It was right across the road. I could walk right over there and be in his pond. And uh, it got dry. Like I said to you previously, it was so dry that his pond was drying up. He was fixing to lose every bit of fish that was in his pond. Every bit of it. And across his pond, you seen mainly weeds that was growing up. And I bet that that pond at its deepest point was only about two foot deep. The man told me, said, Preacher, take the preachers over here one day and try to catch every fish that you can because we're going to lose them all. They're going to lay there. They're going to die. They're going to stink. We need to do something. Get rid of these fish. I said, Yes, sir. I sure will. So during that week of revival, I'd gather the preachers up. We'd go over there. We'd catch a mess of fish. We'd come back home. The wife would have orange pies made. We'd be cleaning the fish and deep frying the fish before church and we'd be having us a feast on some fish. Now, how does that tie into this? Well, it was kind of comical, but we used it and took it literally. We got out there and we started to fish, and we started catching these little old fish about this big. Just little old minners. I mean, it wasn't no big, much bigger than minners. And uh, we started to fish, and, and this prayer came to my mind. And I said, Lord, you've done it for Jabez. God, why don't you enlarge our coast? We're sitting here fishing in two feet of water. We need to get these fish out of here. These men of God started praying. And I'm here to tell you, after every time we said that prayer, it seemed like that the fish began to grow. We began to catch bigger fish. I'm talking about slab crappies. Y'all know what them are, don't you? I'm talking about them crappies about like that that you can fillet. I'm talking about them slab brim that's just as black as the water was when you pulled them up out of... And it didn't matter what we threw out there, we was catching them. I'd throw out a buzz bait, a bass would hit it. I'd throw out one of these little artificial crickets that wiggle back and forth in the, in the water and I could pick up a brim, a crappie, or a bass, either one. And every time Brother Charles would say that prayer, Oh Lord, enlarge our coast. We're here to do something. Lord, enlarge our coast. Them fish would get bigger. You think I'm kidding you. Well, next time you see Clay Cordell, you ask him. He brought it back to my attention just a couple of weeks ago. And those fish, he said, man, we, he said it the other week. He said, they had to have been some state record crappies and brim in there when we pulled them out of there. I said, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. 
And the fish continue to come and come and come and come. And I'm talking about a pond that wasn't much more bigger than this building. And we were out there and the fish continued to come. Listen, if God can multiply the fish, if God can put the money in the mouth of the fish, if God can bring blessings down upon Jabez, if God can part the Red Sea for Moses, why do you think God can't do something for you in your life? Hmm? He wants more responsibility. But I see a prayer for God's companionship as well. He says that thine hand might be with me. God with us makes life joyous. In other words, when God's with you and walking with you, you have joy. When God's with you, it gives you victory. And when God's with you, it makes life rewarding. And you're walking through life. I see so many people that are defeated. I see so many people that are struggling in their walk with Christ. When it doesn't have to be that way. He says, Lord, that thine hand might be with me. I'm glad that I've got joy deep down in my soul tonight uh, uh, to know that if I was to leave here uh, by the way of the rapture of the church or by the grave, uh, Brother Steve, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to a place uh, called heaven. uh, And my friend, I just want everybody to go along the ride the first time uh, when we leave out of here as soon as the trumpet sounds. uh, uh, We'll see the dead in Christ rise first. And though it's alive remain, we'll be caught up to meet them in the air. Uh, I'm talking about joy uh, even though in the midst of your trials uh, uh, somebody asked me I believe it was sister Jean she said what are you smiling about I said I've just got joy I'm feeling good tonight amen Uh, listen there'll be a time when I won't feel so good there'll be a time when I'll have to lay down the sword there'll be a time uh, when you may not have as much joy as you can obtain today but thanks be unto God who give us up the victory and we've got joy and joy will lead to victory and that victory will lead to rewards. And my friend, you can make a greater impact on people if we'll pray unto the God of heaven that can help us in our time of need. Prayer for God's companionship. I tell you what, it gets lonely sometimes sitting in the office and you're praying unto God and you're asking for direction. It seems like you don't come quick enough. And it gets lonely. And you get to want to call the wife and you know you can't talk to her very long because she's at work. And you continue to dig in the scripture and you continue to pull it. And you continue, and then all of a sudden God moves right in there with you and says, I don't know why you're so uptight. I'm right here. I've never went anywhere. And then all of a sudden God sits down right there in my office with me and we get to work and I'm glad that I know that I've got a companion in Jesus Christ that sticks closer than a brother and He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means through the worst times that you ever imagined comes your way, God's going to be with you. Uh, Through those mountaintop experiences we spoke about, God's going to be with you. He is the greatest companion and the only really companion that you'll ever need in this life. Amen. You may say, wait a minute, I don't know if I can live without this one. I don't know if I can live without that. Listen, don't say that. God needs to be your greatest companion. Amen. I thank the Lord for my wife, but I want God to be my greatest companion. I don't want to put my wife before the Lord. That's unscriptural. I don't want to put my children before the Lord. That's unscriptural. I'm going to put Jesus first. 
Why? Because He is the one that sits right beside me. He's the one that gives me joy. He's the one that gives me victory. And He is the one that gives me my rewards. Amen. But number four, I see a prayer for a sanctified life. The Bible says that thou wouldest keep me from evil. That it may not grieve me. You see, God alone is the one that's going to deliver sin. Deliver you from sin. He is the one. We can gain forgiveness from doing an individual wrong, but that individual can't forgive you of the sin that you committed. I talked with someone today that was not affiliated with our church who was going through a difficult time. Just a friend of mine. Doesn't matter who it is. And, and, and was going, and, and I told him the greatest problem that he's going to have with the situation that he's in is forgiveness. Not only is forgiveness going to have to be granted, forgiveness was going to have to be asked for. And most of all, that forgiveness is going to have to be followed by forgetting. Oh, but how many times have you heard people say, Oh, preacher, you know, I can forgive them, but I sure can't forget it. I'm not sure that you can do that. I'm not sure that you're forgiving someone if you can't forget it. Because there's things that will happen in your life. There are things that will happen in your marriage. There are th- bad things could happen to you that you'll say you'll forgive. And maybe you mean right, but you never forget. And you never forget because you keep bringing it up. How can it be healed? How can healing come when forgiveness is not granted? we got to have forgiveness, church. Keep us from evil that it may not grieve me. God alone is the one that can deliver from sin. Sin stops God's blessing and sin grieves rather than bringing pleasure. And sin highly affects our prayer life. I want us here on Wednesday night, prayer meeting and Bible study, to be better people of prayer. I want us to take this prayer of Jabez tonight and verse number 10. Let me say it once again. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. He's calling on the one that he needs to call upon. We know that he's an honorable man. He has everything in order. And the first thing he says is, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. And bless me, God, and send me some blessings my way and encourage my heart and enlarge my coast. In other words, Lord, give me more power. Give me more to do in the work of you, God, and help me to complete the task that is for before me and that thine hand might be with me. He said, God, as we go through this thing together, Lord, when you're blessing me and when you're enlarging my coast, I pray, God, that you'll keep your hand on me and be with me continually, that thou wouldest keep me from evil. God, keep me from evil evil because where it won't grieve me because we know that sin does the grieving and God granted him that which he requested in other words God said yes to all four of those things but I believe it all started out by Jabez being an honorable man he was a righteous man he was a holy man So it's a prayer for a sanctified life. Why shouldn't we pray that prayer? God, keep me from evil. We all need that prayer. 
A prayer for God's companionship. That thine hand might be with me. Who shouldn't pray that prayer? That God's hand's always on you. Who, who would not pray that prayer? How about a prayer of blessing? Who wouldn't want to pray the prayer? Lord, would you please bless me indeed. And I'm not trying to be selfish, and I'm surely not saying that Jabez is selfish because he's not. He was an honorable, righteous, holy man. But you know, sometimes unfavorable things fall upon the child of God. Things that we do not like, things that sometimes we never forget. And sometimes you may think that the Lord is a million miles away from you. And sometimes you may feel like that God's no longer blessing. Why? Why should we not pray that the Lord bless us and give us that spiritual power and spiritual victory and pray that our coast be enlarged? In other words, Lord, put somebody in front of me that I can tell them about Jesus. Lord, put someone in front of me that I can be a help to today. I was looking through some things today on social media. And I seen a teenage boy on there that I used to pastor long ago. He's got a form of cancer. Last thing we did before we left that pastorate was I dedicated that baby to the Lord. Actually, I seen a picture of him and the governor together. They had done sign some kind of bill in favor of uh, children or people with terminal illnesses won't have to buy a hunting license. They can just go do it. And uh, my heart was broken. As they talked about the disease that he had. The cancer that he had. And as I thought about. What that child must be going through. But the the, the article went on and said. The child has been. uh, is, Is doing everything normal. That other children do. The child has to go to the college of Charleston. He takes chemo treatments. His first round wasn't really good for him. Because he was allergic to some of the medicine. Which opened up another avenue of sickness. The boy was born with a a heart issue and had to have a heart transplant when he was just a baby. We prayed for that baby. We we tried our best to help that family when we were there. And actually, we went back and seen that baby. Uh, They met us in Florence there later on in the ministry after we had done coming to Spartanburg to pastor to see that baby. And they had something like the GoFundMe page set up to try to help that family with finances and the astronomical expense that comes along with dealing with such a sickness. And I got to thinking and I said, Lord, you put this family in my way. You put this family in my way years ago. We've done all we could for that family. I believe they'd tell you that. And then as I looked at that, I said, you know what? Maybe I could do a little bit more. 
just maybe I could do a little bit more. And God put those people right in front of me to be a blessing to them. And I want to do something. I want to do something. So what's wrong with us praying that prayer tonight? Praying that the Lord will bless us. Praying that God will enlarge our coast and be walking with us. And Lord, have your hand on me. And God, keep me from evil. I think it's a good prayer. I think it's a model prayer. I think it's a significant prayer with a significant request. I want you to stand tonight across this building. As our sister comes and just plays softly for us for the invitation. We won't have anyone sing, but she'll just play. I'm going to lead you in prayer. If you've got a need tonight, I know we've already had altar prayer, but this invitation time's for you. Maybe you're here and you just need to come pray that prayer. Lord, I need you to bless me. Lord, I need you to keep me from evil. This is not a prayer for somebody else tonight. This is a prayer for yourself. Lord, enlarge my coast that I may be able to help. Father, Lord, as we come to you tonight in thanksgiving, Lord, I pray that you'd have your hand upon me. I pray you'd enlarge my coast. I pray that you'd keep me from evil. And God, I pray that you'd bless me indeed. Lord, for I know that your storehouse of blessings is not bare. And Lord, as we all may falter along life's journey, I believe you have honorable people here. Holy people of God that love you, Lord. And I pray you'd grant the request tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to come here.